0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 6 of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Turkey Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? I'm pretty chilled out, man. Very nice. Yeah. Pretty chilled out on this
1: nice chilly morning. It is chilly, but I'm warm except my feet, which are
0: perpetually cold. But that's well, not something to talk about here. <laughs> I mean, you can you can get some slippers. I I don't know if we should move that into like the star category, but Dave let me Here's my recommendation to you, my sort of unofficial star this week uh get on that slipper game
1: yeah no i actually do need to get a new pair of slippers but uh i think i have some lingering nerve damage from that guillaume beret when i was like a in junior high
0: oh uh, yes
1: yeah, yeah yeah it's like a whole weird thing but it's boring okay i mean it's actually not boring i think it's actually probably pretty fascinating but
0: it's not funny for a podcast but you know it is funny for a podcast dave Today, we are watching episode six of Charky Sentai Ranger*. It is called A Formidable Foe, A Thinking Machine. But before we get into that, Dave, we need to get through our award-winning opening segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So our first star of the week, Matt, is that we are kind of
1: starting to round out
0: Thanksgiving
1: break. Yes. Uh, Thanksgiving is over for another year, but we had a wonderful Thanksgiving, man.
0: We really did. Uh, yeah. As we record this, it is the uh, the Saturday following Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah. So uh, real highlights. So first of all, we had a lovely dinner with some uh, with good friends, which was fantastic. Here's a big, big thing for me, at least, Matt. For the 15th year in a row, I have managed to avoid Black Friday shopping.
0: Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Every year I don't do it, and every year it's great. Uh, I'm sure that everyone who works retail thanks you. Yeah, you're uh, welcome, because, guys. Uh, uh, having having spent a good number of years in the sort of retail trenches, uh, Black Friday, especially like the first half of the day on Black Friday, is it, it, it's it's kind of indescribable. I imagine like the second half of the day is not nearly as bad. The second half of the day is kind of just like a very busy day at work. Usually, yeah, right. yeah, The yeah, first yeah. half of the day at work is—I'm trying to think of what is comparable because you—you were never a retail guy. You were always a restaurant guy. Sort of Mother's pre- Day. Mother's teacher. Day is the answer, Matt. Yeah, Mother's Day. Yeah, so, there's yeah. like
1: two days of the year that you are not allowed to ask off, and it's Mother's Day and Valentine's Day in restaurants, at least. And actually, it has become a thing that you cannot ask off on Black Friday because when everybody finishes shopping early in the morning. Mm -hmm. they just they go out to eat so you know like you said like friday mornings are insane and friday afternoons are not that bad it's flipped in restaurants like friday Uh mornings are sort of like chill and then friday afternoon like not even evening because by evening everybody just wants to go home but friday afternoon
0: is brutal i remember one year and i don't know if i've talked about it on the show before um but there's this one year i was working at borders and well there were like four years I was working at Porter's, but one of the years that I was there on Black Friday. Um, oh, wait, Matt,
1: I think I know the story you're about to tell.
0: <laughs> it's, yeah, so, because I know I've told you before. I told everyone in my life the day that, that it happened. Um, is this, wait, can
1: I just guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Yes. Is it Latte Coupon Day? It is Latte Coupon Day. Oh my gosh, this is just so incredibly ill-considered.
0: So, okay, the way – if you've never worked for retail places, and maybe other places were more organized, I have to assume that they were because Borders closed down. Um, (laughs) But the way that Borders would do it is, you know, they had these crazy coupons in the newspaper that morning. um, But so that the employees did not, like, get a drop on using those coupons to sort of, like, you know, like really take advantage of stuff by – hoarding stock in the back room to make sure that they could get all the good stuff themselves. Mm. Um, They did not announce what the coupons were going to be to the staff prior to that morning. It was all like hush-hush confidential. Oh, Um, okay. So they're trying to game themselves? Yes. Okay. Well, they're trying to game... They weren't trying to game themselves on a corporate level. They were trying to game us on like an individual employee level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just the sort of... Uh, taking care of employees that Borders used to do near the end there. Um, And I can make fun of them because they're gone. Uh, Anyway, so one of the coupons that we got that morning was one free latte. Now, this was not one free latte with the purchase of a second latte or, you know, like $2 off a latte or a free latte when you buy a book or something. This was one free latte. If you got a newspaper that day, you got a free latte. Here's the problem. Oh, man. I know. And it was a great coupon. But the problem is, since they didn't tell us this, we had like a sort of standard amount of milk in the cafe that day. Um, Oh, buddy, boy. And, you know, like, I I think they had kind of stocked up, but they had not anticipated giving a free latte to everyone in, like, the surrounding three towns, uh, which is what ended up happening. So I was not actually scheduled to work in the cafe that day, uh, but I was sort of double trained because I had also worked at Starbucks, so, like, it was the same machines, basically, so I could pinch it. So they just brought me over, and they were like, Matt, um, all you are doing today is making lattes. But the problem with this is that you kind of couldn't make lattes all day, with the full staff at least, because we ran out of milk twice and had to send somebody to the local grocery store to just, like, load up on as many gallons of milk as they could to bring them back two times. And then each time, those people were having to, like, drive through Black Friday traffic and wait through Black Friday lines at the grocery stores, which I don't think get crazy for Black Friday, but they couldn't have been great. Yeah, um, I was going
1: to say nothing is good on Black Friday. Like, just the sheer insanity that is retail just, like, spills over into, like, every other element of society. The only way to avoid it is to just not leave the house.
0: Yeah, so that, that was my sort of most brutal Black Friday with just getting basically chained to a espresso maker um, and just churning out as many large lattes as possible. Oh, uh, my gosh. So, uh, any listeners out there who are retail folks, um, I, I feel you. I get it. <laughs>
1: uh, but, yeah, man, Thanksgiving was lovely. I This is astonishing. I just – I've gotten enough sleep over the last couple of days. Oh, nice. And, man, I just – yeah, no, it's fantastic. I did not realize – you know how, like, things just sort of creep up on you? I just sort of didn't realize – how much I exist in a kind of constant state of low level sleep deprivation?
0: Well, you do have
1: twins, yeah, well, right, exactly because of the twins. And so just I feel like I feel like I'm on something. like I feel like I've taken some sort of <laughs> some sort of potent drug that I'm just like I'm like awake and I'm just like looking around and like feeling good and uh, and it's not. Uh, yeah, there's just like a fuzziness that's gone in the back of my head because I've slept. And so I'm enjoying it while I can. Um, the fuzz will be back pretty soon because I do have to go back to work. But for now, man, I'm just riding high on sleep. <laughs> what? It's a beautiful thing. It is, Matt. What is our
0: second star of the week? Dave, our second star of the week is that now that Thanksgiving is over, it's Christmas time. Oh, man, it is. So exciting. I love uh,
1: Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, Thanksgiving is great. Um... I do kind of wish that Thanksgiving was like in the middle of November because I know. I'd like I, a little bit more of a break. Because I like, uh, I, I, there is part of me still that likes to wait until Thanksgiving is over before I go like full Christmas. You know,
1: I'm with you, but I have recently given up on that.
0: I, that, that is something that is definitely wavering, uh, for me because I realized that like Christmas is great and, there is no reason to deny myself a thing that I love, especially when not necessarily everything in the world is great. Uh, there's one great thing, and that's, like, coming right up, and we should enjoy it for as much as we can. Um, so I, I did actually go a little early to buy my Christmas tree, and I took, like, three different trips to do it. Because okay. the, the first time I went out, I, I went to the local Home Depot, which is where I usually get my trees. And hmm. I, I got all the way there, and then I realized, like, oh, wait. It's been raining all day. Like, and these trees have been sitting outside, and I don't have a garage to keep this tree in. So, the like, what would happen right now is I would buy this big tree, and I would bring it into my house, and then I would have, like, a wet house tree for a couple of days. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Don't do that. Uh, no. So, instead, what I did is I bought a, like, little three-foot plastic tree, because I wanted to get a secondary thing to, like, put in my front window. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went back the next day. I guess we did it in two trips. We went back the next day and picked up, like, the real tree. And we got it set up. Uh, It is currently up in my apartment. We have not yet trimmed the tree because we've been busy with uh, Thanksgiving stuff. So I wake up the next day and I go into work. And the whole day, my back is killing me, right? Okay. I'm sitting there at my desk wondering, like, why on earth? Oh, no, I didn't even go into the office. I was working from home that day. So... Um, like I was sitting in like my not office chair because I just have like a folding chair at my desk and mm-hmm. like, oh, this must be why my back hurts. And at some point I walked out into my like main living room and I looked at like the seven foot tree I had like picked up and hauled into my apartment the day before. I was like, you oh to no, yourself, oh, maybe that, that is why my back hurts. That. Right. <laughs> but it's all worth it, Dave. It's all worth it because the apartment smells great and soon enough there will be lights and ornaments on that tree. Um, and I cannot be happier about it.
1: Yeah, we haven't gotten our Christmas decorations up yet. And actually, like, hmm, now that I think about it, we are going to have to sort of reconsider our Christmas decorating uh, modus because it is not twin safe. Oh, yeah. Like, I have not considered... I guess considered, you would. Right, like, I have not considered the degree to which the twins will, like, attempt to climb into the tree or, like, pull stuff down. We have just slowly been like, as the twins are growing and walking more, we are realizing how many things are at like twin arm reach level. Uh, And it's a lot more things than we initially anticipated. So just all of our possessions have been slowly migrating higher. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so we, we are looking forward to Christmas decorating. We're just not there yet. All right. Well, then what, Dave, moving on, is our third star of the week. So our third star of the week, Matt, is I just wanted to return to and offer a rare retraction. This okay. is a, maybe a mega star? I'm not black sure hole. we've ever done this. Yeah. So um, I want to talk a little bit more about the Inhumans. And it turns out, um, man, the first like two or three episodes <laughs> were better, I think, than than people talked about them being. But the last episodes were not good. Oh. Yeah, it's a super bummer. Like, there were flashes of coolness in there, but, um, and I, I don't know a more pleasant way to say this, it just seemed like a DC movie project. Not a DC, not a CW show. I was going to say,
0: because the DC TV shows are great. No,
1: yeah, those are super good. Love them. Uh, no, this seemed more like a DC movie project in that they just, like, they changed stuff that had no need to be changed. Uh, like, you know, like, they just messed around with a couple of people's powers, but, like, in a way that didn't make sense. And they, it's been out for a while now, so spoilers, I guess. But, um, so they cut Medusa's hair. Like a lot of the promo shots, you see Medusa, whose only superpower is that she controls her super strong hair, which is great. It, which is great. And that you might see sound her with,
0: if you if you are unfamiliar with the character in the comics in which she appears, that might sound like, like a, really we're joking. Dumb. We're not. Uh, but no, we are not kidding, and it is very good. Yeah, and so and you see,
1: there's a bunch of promo shots with her with short hair. They cut her hair in like episode two, and I kept expecting it to. Somehow there was going to be like a moment where it like superpower like grows back and she has superpowers again. That never happens. So Medusa basically spends the entire series just as a person. Great. Yeah. And uh, like they spend a bunch of time with Karnak who his like superpower is that he has like ultra kung fu. And they, they throw in like a weird romance subplot line for him. It's like, man, I don't need to see Karnak fall in love. I want to see Karnak use super kung fu. like. And yeah, the, he needs to find the flaw in a thing and then break it in half. That's yeah, his whole jam. That's his one thing. And the whole problem with this is that there's just enough. And so I did finish the series. There's just enough. And I, I will say, I'm hoping for a second season. I think there was enough there that if they get somebody who isn't whatever Scott What's-His-Name, that it that it could be good. Like, there were some really strong elements. Like, the, the play between Black Bolt and Medusa was really strong. Like, you really felt that relationship. The guy who played Black Bolt, I felt, did a really good job. I've mentioned that before. But, like, they just focused on all the
0: weird stuff that I don't care about. You know what and- I think is the, the weirdest thing is that... There, there is like four Marvel TV shows on the air right now that I just have not seen. Um, I haven't watched. I, well, any I haven't seen Punisher. Did. I haven't seen Punisher. Um, I never watched any of the Inhumans. Oh, I did see like the first two episodes of Runaways. Runaways, Which, is holy good. crap! Runaways is super good. And it's it, like, crazy because you look at that, and then you apparently look at a thing like Inhumans. Like both things came out of. A, like, ostensibly the same, if not the same studio, obviously, but, like, you know, the same company. And one of them is very good and, like, shockingly... It, it's like, been a long time since i read One-Away. Yeah, no, but, it's like,
1: spot on.
0: Yeah. And, and Humans is just not?
1: Yeah, like, I just kind of don't know what happened with Humans, And like I said, there's enough good moments in there that I'm hoping for a second season and maybe they can course correct. But, like, I frankly am not super uh sanguine about that because like the first scene, and it just ended weird like so anyways if you haven't watched it yet but you were thinking about watching it based on my previous recommendation I'm now retracting that recommendation you can probably skip Inhumans All right. Yeah, Uh, sorry. Maybe
0: maybe watch The Gifted. Haven't watched it, but Blink's in that. How crazy is it that we have had Blink in the last two years in a movie and a TV show, and they're not connected? Like, that is not the sort of character that seems like... But listen, I love Blink. No, I Uh, just love
1: teleporters in general. But yeah, it doesn't make a whole whole lot of sense. But Matt... (laughs) Uh, listen, I, I, I need to cut us off because I will talk about superhero television shows. I mean, that is what we're doing here, but not this particular superhero television right, right. show. So what, Matt, is our
0: fourth Star of the Week? Dave, our fourth Star of the Week is that, I have to confess, I did a little bit of Black Friday shopping yesterday. Well, listen, Matt, I, Which I can is... forgive you. Which is why I, I went so deep into letting you all know my history with the day uh, previously so that you, you would... You earned this, map, Right. But I didn't go in the morning. I went at like 1.32 in the afternoon and I didn't go like, you know, I didn't do any door shopping. Here's what I did. I, I went on Xbox Live. I okay. looked at what games were on sale for that. I realized that uh, WWE 2K18 was on sale, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to wait for it to download via Xbox Live, so I looked it up and GameStop had it on the same sale. And it was going, like, based on my internet speeds, it was going to be about twice as fast for me to just drive to the store and buy the dance. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I just did that. And I brought it home, and I was so excited because. I buy the new WWE game once every, like, two or three years, right? Mm-hmm. Because the the game itself is, like, a mediocre wrestling game.
1: Yeah, it's not amazing,
0: but... But it is, it is attached to, like, the best character creator ever. And also, there's a lot in of, like, new, game. like, career stuff. Yeah, like, there is no game in existence, I don't mm-hmm. think, that lets you, like, really get into making a dude... In the same way that uh, the WWE 2K games do.
1: No, it's sort of astonishing.
0: And uh, specifically
1: what they do that's really incredible is just how far they let you, like, import yourself. You can make a a just astonishingly accurate simulcrum of yourself in this game.
0: Well, okay. You can, theoretically. Here is my problem, is that to do that, you need to be able to, like, take a photo of your face and then upload that photo to, like, a server on the WWE 2K18 website.
1: Yeah, that's how, that, that's how it works.
0: Yep. Um, but to do that, you need to log into that server. And when I got home and tried to do so, I just spent, like, two hours in a weird loop where it would not let me log in. Uh, not, it didn't think that my password was wrong. Like, that wasn't it at all. It just thought that, like, I hadn't agreed to its terms of service, but I had, and there was no other place to check. Uh, and so I've just been going in a loop for the, like, I tr- I also, I tried to do it again when I got home last night. Um, and it's just not letting me do it, which is a shame because, like, that's the first thing that you do, right? Like, you put your face on it. And then you right. get, like, and the head looking you, right. right. And then you can do the rest of the fun stuff. And all I want to do is sit on my couch and do all that fun stuff. But I can't, and it's breaking my heart. Now, the the the, the follow-up to this is after I got home last night and failed to log in again, I said, I'm still going to play this game. And so I created my... I, I've got, like, a couple of characters I make every time I buy the game. They're, I usually make... Okay. I always make me. And then I also always make a dude uh, who I call Mean Marco... He's just okay. like a, <laughs> just like a really big like biker dude. Like it, I like it. Uh, back in the day when it used to be a hair option, I would always give him the Wolverine haircut, which was great. Nice. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is no longer an option. So now he's got, like, anyway, I'm not going to go into details about, like, what my creator wrestler looks like. (laughs) What I will tell you is that the game is, even when you are not making yourself, when you're making somebody else, uh, the character creator is engrossing enough that I looked up, like, halfway through putting together his uh, entrance, like, sequence last night and realized, like, oh, it's 2.30 in the morning. I should go to bed. Nobody. buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Wow,
1: okay. Anyway, well, I'm on vacation. Uh, that's <laughs> a pretty... I was going to say, that's a pretty good commercial for this game, even if the thing itself doesn't work. But what, Matt, is our
0: fifth star of the week? Dave, speaking of doing things for a very long time... Um. Uh. So as I have mentioned on this show before, I have started a new podcast with uh Jake Mason yeah. from the Morphin Grid. Uh, it is called Spectre. It is the special con uh the special podcast exclusively for comedy talking revenge and extortion. Uh, it is our James Bond podcast. Just kind of dialed in the last couple of letters there, didn't you? Oh no, no, Dave, that's very on purpose. <laughs> we, lure, we, we lure you in with the comedy and talking But then the revenge and extortion is there uh, And I don't want you to forget about it um, So we got together this week Or a couple of weeks ago But it came out a couple of days ago With uh, Matt from Ranger Danger Because we were talking about On Her Majesty's Secret Service Which is the only Bond movie with an Australian Bond And so we got like one of you the two yeah, Australian, Australian people that we right. know Mm-hmm. Um, And it was really fun. We did talk for three hours. Oh, buddy. So if you are interested in hearing us talk about a two and a half hour movies for three hours, um, and I hope that you are, because I think it was really great. It was kind of weird, though, because I realized, like, it's me from the Super Sentai Brothers, and it is mm-hmm. Jake from the Morphin Grid, and it was Matt from Ranger Danger. And all three of us are like Super Sentai Pod, like Power Ranger podcasters. And we just got on the microphone and talked about George Lazenby for three hours. Like, it was (laughs) sort of like, it all, like, it was super fun, but it almost felt like, man, should we be doing something else right now?
1: (laughs) It does just seem, like, how did you guys get together and talk about not-
0: yeah, and, like, it didn't even come up sort of, con- okay, it might have come up conversationally. It was three hours. I don't remember everything we talked about. Um, but if you would like to hear everything we talked about, uh, Spectre, it's on uh, iTunes. It's probably on other places, too. Uh, just Google it or, you know, check out our Twitter because um, I posted it there as well. And I hope that you listen to it and I hope that you like it. Uh, that's The Fifth Star, Dave. It is a commercial for a different project.
1: Hey, that's that's legit, people. That's a thing that people do.
0: All right. Right? Yeah, Yeah, it it is now, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But let's get back to this project, Dave. We're going to take a break. We're going to watch episode six of Cherokee Sentai Air Ranger, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode six, Formidable Foe, a thinking machine. And Dave, this machine sure is a thinker.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it it, sure is. It certainly
0: is a brain user. Yeah, it's um hmm. It's an unusual monster. It is, and it's kind of two monsters in one?
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure like what the connection between these is. Well, okay, we'll just get there. We'll get there. There's a lot to talk about with this
0: weird monster. Okay, so we start off and lightning is flashing at a dark sky. Yes. So you and, know it's, it's ominous.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so We hear a voice just saying over and over again, bar-a-psychic, bar-a-telepathy, bar-a-psychic, bar-a-telepathy, which is a weird way to activate your psychic-slash-telepathic
0: powers. I mean, I don't know. I I genuinely kind of love it. Well, Um, I just, I'm
1: expanding this to, like, other other superheroes or other people with superpowers. (laughs) Just imagining
0: like Cyclops just running around going like, blast, 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 blast. Okay, now, but to be fair, when the Human Torch becomes the Human Torch, he shouts flame on. Yeah, like one time. Okay, that is true. That is true.
1: Uh, Anyway, so this week's monster is called Brain, and it has mental powers, and it's got a cool look. It's got sort of like a big, maybe like Dracula cape, is a good yeah, way to say he, it. But definitely it does got have a high collar.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of his eyes is like a lot bigger than the other. It's like this sort of like metal sphere, but it kind of makes it look like he's wearing a monocle. Yes, it's
1: definitely, it's a cool look, which I think is, you know, obviously, that I think that's probably on purpose, because he's supposed to be like a crazy hypnotist or something.
0: Yes. Uh, so he is standing in the like, wind and thunderstorm. There's no actual rain in this thunderstorm, which is good, because I I doubt that this robot wants to be, like, soaked.
1: Um, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: He is staring at a picture of the chief of staff, Miria. Yes. Miura, right? Miura? M-I-U-R-A, Miura? Yeah, Miura? yeah I, okay. there's probably, like,
1: some phonetic trick that we're not picking up to pronounce it exactly correctly, but Miura. And uh, he is using his mental powers to try and locate locate me like they just don't know where he is i think that's right. pretty cool like the o Rangers secret base has still managed to me to remain a secret base
0: yeah it's not just like out in the open like the jetman space was
1: right it is secret like murder basement yes so we flip up from there and we and thankfully see... it
0: is not non-existent like the cockroach space
1: yeah well i mean the cockroach just kind of had a Base like Nakamaru is sort of a base after a fashion, sort of. Anyway, it's a, it's a center of operations slash crepe truck, like you do, <laughs> like you do, like you do. So, anyways, um, what they we go up and we see uh, Emperor Bacchus wrath and Empress. What's her name again? Hysteria. Hysteria. Thank you. I kept wanting to say Titania, and I knew that that wasn't right. So uh, no, that's that's, Rath, from, that's from a different thing. Yeah, it is. And uh, an Empress hysteria and worst prince, and they are they're up on the moon, and they are saying, "Oh Ranger is making new machines. How they know this? I have no
0: idea. Because we've well, already just, established and just... Kocha do say that like they have gotten reports. So like maybe they have spies on Earth but or something. Okay, but I
1: mean the base is still secret. They don't because they're about to say they're like they are five top secret machines.
0: Where are they developing them? We don't know. We have to find out." Do you get a sense, Dave, that when Bacchus Wrath is really angry that they're making these machines to fight him, that part of it is that he feels, like, personally offended that he is going to be attacked by robots? Yeah, I
1: absolutely got that sense, that he was like, how dare they make machines to fight us? What, like, what monsters? How like, could you I am do-? the
0: machine king. You can't turn them against me.
1: Like, that's wrong somehow. Like, he has some sort of weird moral high ground about it.
0: Well, okay, imagine the alternative, though. (laughs) Like, imagine the flip side of this, where the Machine Empire, like, constructs humans to go fight the O-Rangers, and then those humans, like, stand on each other's shoulders to form a giant human. Like, that's really upsetting.
1: Yeah, that is... Well, actually, what it would be is if the humans sort of, like, discorporated themselves and then just merged into one giant flesh monster. So, yeah, that would be upsetting,
0: a little all bit, yeah.
1: So, so I guess, all right, I'll give you this one, Wrath. You, you win this one. So uh, Empress Hysteria, she says, listen, we have sent the elite of our machine monsters. We have sent Bara brain, and he is going to use, I guess they felt the need to fully explain this. He is going to use telepathy to get this info about where they're building these things and what all they're doing from Miura. Yes. Okay. So we go from there to um, O Ranger Base. Does that have a name?
0: I don't think it does. I think it's just like the base. Yeah, I don't think it has a name yet. Um, I mean, we could we could give it a name. O Ranger Base is fine. So, what um, we think? A of real, real it? snappy nickname there, Dave. Hey, listen, man, uh, you put me on the spot, and I was not prepared for that. But that's where we go. We cut to the O Ranger Base. <laughs> uh, the, the the chief mirror. Mira is there, uh, and he is working through the night, as he apparently has been uh, quite, for quite some time. Because yeah. one of the workers is like, dude, you must be exhausted. Like, go home and sleep. It's fine.
1: Just, like, the most serious foreman. Like, this dude, he's on screen for, like, 30 seconds, and I already have, like, a whole backstory for this guy. Like, he is selling this character. He's, like, the foreman. He's deeply concerned about the chief. He does mention, he says something about, like, I think going home and sleeping, which is weird, because I always assumed that Chief Miura just lives on base. Yeah, where would he go? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, I mean, because he like, must have a home. I don't know, because, like, the base is super duper. Like, wherever it is, it's not, like, local to anywhere. So I always just assumed that dude has, like, an apartment on base. Uh, maybe not. Maybe he's just got a house that he has like some crazy long commute. I mean, whatever they built a super base. He maybe has like a high speed tunnel train in his basement that takes him. Um, I dig that actually. So anyways, he's like, boss, you got to go home and get to sleep. And Muir like, no, no, I can't. Like, we must finish these machines and I have to be the one, like for some reason he has to be there to finish that. We, well, we don't,
0: I know think why. that he, I think that like he designed them like later in the episode, they will say like, we can't finish these without him.
1: Right. Yeah. I just, anyways.
0: So he's like, "No, we have to finish these
1: machines so that we will be ready to stand against Bacchus Wrath, which is like great. Yes,
0: excellent. Uh, we we cut we have a quick cut away to Bara Brain, and he is barra Psychic barra Telepathying again, and then uh, we see the picture that he has of
1: Miura, and it's sort of like gl- it's a cool transition because it glows, and then we see Miura kind of in the same pose, but like now we're back at the base. So it was a it was a neat. Neat scene transition. And Miura
0: remembers
1: his niece.
0: Yeah, like, he is at his desk, like, doing some computer stuff. And it seems like he's sort of, like, drifting off to sleep.
1: Yeah. And so this, like, whatever it is that Bara Brain has been trying to do, it is now, it's now taking effect. Because it has called up the memory of his niece Miku, okay? And he, he sort of, like, starts awake and he turns around and he's hallucinating this young girl miku and she just says like uncle save me and then he goes to like get up and hug her and she disappears because like obviously she wasn't there to begin with okay right
0: but he is still sort of in this like hallucinatory zone sleep
1: deprived like he's not really sure what's happening so, kind like, of kind of yeah. state
0: Right, so he, like, wanders out into the hallway. Because, like, he's like, oh, where did she go? She must be around here somewhere. I just saw her. Wanders into the hallway. Sees her sort of at the other end of the hallway. And yeah. she's like, uncle, you need to save me. The Bara are doing... Like, the Baranoia are doing something. Uh, and then he sort of reaches out to her. She disappears. And he just, like, collapses in this hallway.
1: Yeah. So, as he does this, uh, Goro... Goro runs out in uniform. As far as I can tell, the O-Rangers are never not in uniform.
0: Yeah, we saw Goro, like, in his, like, military uniform in the first episode. But then when he took that off, we discovered that he had been wearing his O-Ranger jumpsuit underneath it the whole time. Yeah, which so, is pretty yeah. rad. <laughs> Maybe it's just on there forever. <laughs> I think I think even in the, uh, yeah, okay, no. So in the ending credits, we do see them in, like white workout gear yeah he is in a karate gi so we at least know that they are not like scientifically bonded to their jumpsuits which is (laughs) that is a good thing to know yeah i got real worried for them for a moment
1: so he runs out and he's
0: like chief
1: are you okay like what's going on and uh the chief sort of like comes out of
0: it a, a little bit at least Yeah, and then, like, Goro calls everyone together, they are all sitting sort of in their conference room with the chief, and chief is like, oh, yes, like, this is my best friend's daughter, um, I'm very worried about her, and then he just, like, gets up and leaves the room. Yeah. Uh, Which is, like, listen, I know that he is your boss, and so it is not probably good to, like, like, force him to stay and, like, talk through these things, because, uh, you know, like, chain of command and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But it is a little weird. Like, they summoned everyone together for this meeting to, like, make sure that the chief is okay. And he just sort of, like, dodders out of the room. <laughs> it is, It is like, a little bit weird.
1: Um, so the next scene that we see is Goro. It's, like, it's got to be the next day. And Migu is coming out of school. And Miura and Goro are there to, to like, pick her up. And she's like, oh, uncle, like, great to see you. Like, I was so glad when you called and said, like, I was going to get to see you today. And Miura, like, gives her a hug. And then he pulls her back and he says, hey, like, is anything weird going on? Like, is everything cool? And she's a little, like, she just kind of doesn't know how to respond to that. So clearly the answer is yes.
0: Yeah. She's like, yeah, there's nothing weird. Like, Why would yeah, there be something weird? weird. I'm, I'm just a child and, like, weird. Like, I'm like, Okay. I feel like maybe she ought to guess, because, you know, like, she knows that uh, the chief is involved in something, and she also knows that, like, giant magic robots from space have been attacking. So, um, like... Her befuddlement yeah, not- is, a, like, it's not quite believable, but it's fine, because we, it, it at least tells us that nothing is specifically happening to her.
1: Right. Uh, so, Gora looks up, and he looks around, he's like, hmm, no sign of the paranoia. Which is a weird thing to say, because, like, the paranoia just appear literally out of no. Like, they just fly in from the atmosphere and they're there. So <laughs> it's not as though there's like like a warp gate that appears and shimmers in mid air as it as they're like coming out. So what he what he means by no sign of paranoia is there is no sign of paranoia. At this exact second.
0: Right. I cannot physically see any of the paranoia with my eyes right now. So
1: everything must be fine, I guess. Uh, we go from there to a... Like, at a fun park. And we see Miku. She's on a carousel. And the Goro is sort of asking the chief, like, so what's up with this... Like, what's up with this girl? Like, like what's going on? Where, her, where are her parents? And Miura has this flashback where he kind of
0: explains what, what has happened. Yeah, so... As we've sort of said, she's not his actual niece. She is his best friend's daughter. Right. Um, But tragically, like five years ago, his best friend died in a car accident. And we see this thing. It's like uh, the chief and his friend Endo and um, Miko, who is, you know, like a younger kid in this. And they're in the back of like an, an official government car. Uh, Because uh, Endo was also in the military, like science, I guess, because he's wearing some sort of a uniform. Mm -hmm. Um, A tire blows out on the car, but, like, it doesn't just pop. There's, like, an actual, like, flash and explosion. So I don't know what was supposed to have been happening here. Um, And then all of a sudden, like, the car is flying off of a cliff and tumbling down to its doom. Right. So, okay, just real quickly. They're on a road. Yes. The
1: tire pops. Explodes, really. And then the car flies off of a stony cliff. Yes. And then the next scene is Chief Miura holding on to Endo and Miku on, like, a grassy cliff over the ocean.
0: Yeah. So... Maybe the this car so... kept going for a little while after the both of them rolled out of it and sort of like turned to the corner to a stonier part of the cliff.
1: Man, I okay, yes, I don't know. I'm just assuming in my head now, all, just Japanese geography always looks like an M.C. Escher painting. Like there's no perspective on anything and everything is just <laughs> like mashed up. You can take three steps and completely change topography and and everybody's completely fine with that. So, so, uh, so Chief Miura so, is holding on to both Endo and, Endo and Miku.
0: Right, he's got one sort of grasping onto each arm. But, like, they can't, like, Endo can't sort of scramble up the hill, and Miura isn't strong enough to drag him up. And, like, Miura is kind of getting dragged down with the two of them, because of yeah. the weight.
1: Right. And so, Endo is looking up at Chief Miura, and he says... I forget exactly what he says, but he's basically like, you've got to take care of my daughter, like, make sure she's okay. And he, he then, like, sort of actively pushes Chief Miura's hand, like, he lets go and kind of pushes Miura's hand away. And and he
0: falls into the ocean, presumably to his death. Well, an obvious ragdoll mannequin falls and bounces off the cliff a few times.
1: Right, yeah, well, okay, yes, Matt, thank you. They did
0: not actually kill an actor to get this shot. (laughs) Listen, I'm just saying, it was in my notes, and it, like, it goes from a very dramatic moment to a kind of goofy shot of a ragdoll just, like, flopping down a hill.
1: So anyways, now that Endo has sacrificed himself... Chief Miura has the strength, now that
0: it's just Miku, to pull her up. Yeah. So You know what no one mentions about this backstory? Is that neither the Chief nor Endo were driving this car. Like there was a driver. And like that dude also died and probably like had a family and stuff. And Mira's like, Oh, my friend. <laughs> And, like, there, My is, friend and like there, there is no mention of, like, the guy never got a name, you barely saw his face, and, like, whatever tragedy happened in his life, the chief does not care. He might yeah. have had five children that desperately <laughs> need someone to take care of them. Completely
1: disassociated from that. So, um, Miura is like, oh, if only, like, if only I had been stronger, I would have been able to save them both. And I did get a kick, because normally, like, when you see someone, like, if only I had been stronger, they mean, like, emotionally or, like in their heart and Miura just means like literally I should have gone to the gym more and everything would
0: have been fine. Yeah. There, there is a moment when they cut back from this flashback where the camera is sort of like tight in on Miura and it's sort of slowly panning back. But between the time that they started the flashback and when they come back, Goro has sort of like gotten up from the table they were both sitting at and like taken three steps to the left. And so, for a moment, until the camera had, like, panned back far enough that you saw Goro, I thought that, like, he had, like, the chief had continued to talk, and Goro had just laughed. Goro just dips. Like, like he's super super boring. <laughs> like, no, no, I went to go get ice cream. Uh, you know, I figured you know, the kid might want some. What were you saying? Something about your friend?
1: Huh, what? And so, but no, Goro is a, uh, is a faithful companion. He's been listening to this whole story. And the chief explains, he says, so ever since then... I have watched over Miku and Goro's like, well, chief, like you're doing a great job. She seems to be doing well. And then Bara fighters, like just Bara fighters out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. And so Goro is trying to fight off these Bara soldiers. The chief also is doing a little bit of fighting the Bara soldiers off, but like, you know, he is, he he definitely gives the vibe of someone who like used to be kind of good at fighting in his youth, but is now like a little past that and is able to get in one or two good hits. But yeah, Goro like, is like, no, dude, like, you need to run. Yeah, take care like, of
1: he's kids. no slouch, but also he is trying to protect Miku, so he is not, like, just kind of free to do whatever he wants. But yeah, exactly. Goro says, like, listen, you guys go. Like, I've I've got this. These are bar assault. Like, I'm fine. Right, so, I'll just tension
0: real quick and then take care of these jerks. Yeah, so which is exactly
1: what he does. And M- Mira and Miku run away. Like, they run into a building and i i have i think it's supposed to be like a space mountain style like indoor thrill ride it's called geopanic there's a, well, there's a sign that says geopanic
0: i but like it's a i have no idea where they're supposed to be like you know, is this I, supposed I to be part that, of the fun park i, I think guess. this might be a bad bit of editing cuz i think what happens is they encounter um bara brain in the fun park Yeah. Which is still sort of outside next to this geopanic sign. Barra Brain then does this weird thing where he becomes two, like, sort of softball-sized floating silver balls. Yeah. Uh, And one of them flies... Like, one of them sort of, like, hits Mira and flies away. And the other one, like, zaps uh, Miko in the brain with a lightning. And then Miko... Becomes possessed by the mind of Bara Psychic, who at this yes. point does not have a corporeal form. By the way, you're wondering where this is. If you will remember, there was another scene that we have seen in a different Sentai show that was shot, shot in this exact location. I was going
1: to say this is a uh, Die Ranger, and
0: Kazu has a scene in this spot, doesn't he? Uh, th- no, this is um this is a Daigo moment. This is where. Oh, okay. Uh, remember when, I think this whole thing is actually shot around the same area. Um, uh, remember the key clown episode when all the people are being attacked in the fun park by the puppets? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Daigo chases the key clown down these stairs, the same stairs that, um, the chief Mira is like thrown up and down with mind powers. Yes. Like, no, I remember down those the scene, stairs
1: in my head. It was, I had substituted Kazu.
0: And then the the wall in this area is sort of broken up into, like, squares. Like, that's just sort of, like, the the decoration of the, like, the surface of this wall. And they used those squares as sort of, like, the outline of a door that Key Clown opened to escape from the rest of the Rangers. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So it is like exactly in that spot, and I and I know that like you know we we make a lot of jokes about them reusing shooting locations in this show, uh, mostly the quarries, but there are a couple of very specific <laughs> like shooting locations that when I see them I'm like oh right that thing, and it always makes me happy. I
1: do no I dig it a lot. It you know provides like a cool sense of uh, continuity for the show.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, Let's see, Muria has been zapped, Miko has been possessed, um, but Garo is still fighting outside. I think this might be where the episode, like, commercial break hits, right? Yeah, yes. Okay, when we come back from the commercial break, because uh, we, we, you and I don't have a commercial break, we can just keep talking. I mean, unless somebody wants to sponsor the show. If you want to sponsor the show, we'll put it right there. Yeah, <laughs> um, like I was going to say, we will 100% throw that in there. Um, So Juri and Shohei arrive to help Goro uh, fighting these Bara soldiers. But when they arrive, they are zapped by an overhead shot from uh, one of the Bara, like, jet fighters. And so they're, like, unable to get to Goro. But what's great is that uh, Yuji and Momo are up in the air right now. Like, they are in their jet fighter. And so they're able to shoot down the Bara's jet fighter so that... Uh, Juri and Shohei are then able to in and help uh, Goro fight the Barra soldiers yeah it's just really really cool like it's, it's a just neat a fun thing. sequence to remind you like yeah these are like soldiers and they have plans and resources available to them they're not just like trying to you know like, it's a very different show than the one we just came off of they're I was going to say their base of operations is a not a magical plate. cat creep truck like it's a different vibe
1: yeah and it was very cool yeah, so we um the orb like the orb um blasts goro like the bar brain orb it blasts goro and then the orb i think it's supposed to turn giant it's not super clear but the orb like floats into the air and then like telekinetically summons a bunch of cars like it just yoinks a bunch of stuff off off the ground i think is the idea and it morphs all of that stuff into a body called Barra Separate. And this is the first time that we have seen a like a full on giant monster.
0: Yeah, well, okay, the Barrow Saucer was giant, but Barra, oh, That's right, Barra, yeah, 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 sorry Barra saucer started giant. This is the first time we've seen something grow. And actually, yeah. Dave, this is something that you and I have seen before. I was going to say, this monster looks really familiar, but I couldn't remember where I'd seen it. Well, if you remember, we were on an episode of Ranger Danger early in their run of uh, Zeo. Oh, that's and this is the monster that they fight? This is the monster that they fight. Although, it's cut very differently, because, oh, by the way, this, spoiler warning, this episode ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, Uh, yeah, they don't don't finish this one. The episode that we watched of Zeo had like parts of this one and parts of the next one.
1: Okay. So uh, whatever it is, uh, Bara separate, they fire on it with the Choriki cannons, but it is too strong. Like it's just like a different class of monster, and the Choriki cannons are not powerful enough to really damage Bara separate.: And then Bara
0: separate, like the orb in its chest that was sort of like the starting orb of the whole thing, like glows and crackles with lightning, which zaps out and shoots at Juria Momo's plane, which it gets like shot out of the sky and they have to crash land.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a cool cool moment. Now they they end up okay. Like just it, this is not like a the fact that they get shot out does not uh is not like a huge element in the story. It just they can no longer use the plane.
0: Right. Now we cut away to uh, what has happened to the chief.
1: Yeah. So the chief is back at the ocean, and he is like he's tied up. And uh, Miku is, like, off to the side? Like, she's off in front, and then...
0: uh, Yeah, I I, I think, crucially and significantly, they are not just by the ocean. They are at a cliff by the ocean. Oh, yeah. They
1: are at the spot where Endo died.
0: Or at least a shooting location that could easily double for that other one.
1: (laughs) Right. No, no, no. I I think that that is...
0: I mean, I assume that that is the same spot. So... And, and we should be clear, when you say that uh, Chief Mira is tied up, he is not, like, in handcuffs. He is tied up as though this is a cartoon, like, chained to a post. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the Kraken
1: is coming. This is, that's where he's at. So, um, Barra Brain, this is, they do a cool little thing where it's Miku's vo- mouth moving, but it is Barra Brain's voice. And he says, listen. And he projects an image of the city of Bara separate, like wrecking the city. And he says, "Listen, if you do not want me to destroy the city, because we are like I am bonded to Bara separate, like Bar separate is just part of me. He says, "If you do not want me to destroy the city, tell me where the machines are." And Miura, in a stone-cold moment, just says like, "Nope. Like even if people have to die, those machines are a best chance of like defeating you permanently, and like that's just a sacrifice I'm willing to make." Basically,
0: yeah, like I'm not thrilled about it, but you know that's just what we have to do,
1: yeah um, which I really appreciate because he's a hundred percent right, like yeah dude, like I'm re- like I'm really sorry, and I would rather not you not destroy those people, but like just the numbers play out, like that's just what you would have to do, like nope, I'm not telling you where like giant super machines are, just not gonna happen,
0: yeah, but then because um, Bara Brain is controlling Miko, like, he... It switches, right? And so Miko had been speaking with the voice of Bara Brain. But now Miko is going back to speaking with her own voice and saying, like, oh my gosh, uncle, I can't believe you would let these people die. This is just like you. You also let my father die. Like, you did it on purpose. How dare you? You don't care if people die. Like, what, like... You need to do this. You're a horrible man, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Right? Which is like, at first, this really does a number on Chief Miura. He's just like, oh my gosh, like, and uh, she, Miku says, like, even in death, my father hates you. And then they summon like a hologram of Endo, like an illusion of Endo that is also like imploring Chief Miura, like, just tell them where the machines are. And amazingly. The fact, like when he summons the hologram, Chief Miura then is like, ah, that's too far. Like you've kind of gone too far. Like you overplayed
0: your hand. Now right, I right, know right. it was it, it was a nice piece of work, Barrow Brain. You shouldn't have signed it.
1: Yeah, uh, but like now I'm good. And he like he basically chooses to disbelieve, and he's like, no, this is ridiculous. And he calls out to Miku. He's like, get a hold of yourself, Miku. Like this isn't you. Like you're you're cool.
0: Um, so we, we don't see that struggle happening Okay, yet. Um, I know that we paraphrase a lot on this show uh, because we're not always writing down exactly what they say, but I am just imagining a world in which the actual dialogue of this show was, get a hold of yourself, Miko, you're cool. <laughs> um, and That would have been so amazing.
1: That, that would have been a much better line than whatever. would have been more memorable than what they wrote, clearly. Yeah. So we go from there, and it's... um. Juri and Momo, Yuji and Momo. Yuji and Momo, back at the base. And, like, okay, so first of all, like, they just sort of, like, stroll in, like, I mean, into the control room. They are sort like, of, like, beat up. up. Yeah. I get, are the other rangers supposed to still be fighting?
0: It's yeah, not super because, clear. Yeah, because remember, um, like, Goro and Juri and Shohei were all fighting the Bara soldiers.
1: Yes. So I'm just saying, like... Uh, Yuji and Momo are being like super
0: cash considering that their compatriots are in the middle of still
1: actively fighting.
0: Listen, they know that they're busy because they're fighting the Barra Soldiers. They also know that like it's Barra Soldiers and like it's three of the O-Rangers against a group of Barra Soldiers. Like they're fine. So these two are just gonna like come back to base and see what they can do here.
1: Uh, Okay, so anyways, um, they're like, listen, we've got to figure something out. Like our Choriki cannons can't, defeat borrow separate what are we going to do yuji says listen we've got to take our giant we've got to take out our giant machines they don't have a name for them yet that i've that i've noticed because we've got to ours are the closest to being done like we just have to take them out and momo's like dude they're not ready we need the chief to help finish them and Yuji's like yeah we don't really have a whole lot of choice like we just kind of have to roll with what we've got because like bar, otherwise bar, separate will destroy the city. Like this right. is our only option,
0: uh, and so they do. They hop and listen. I love an early Sentai episode where the uh, individual giant robots go off and do their own thing without combining. I always love it because you know once we get into the show, you never see that again.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's just the the giant. So what they are is it's uh, Yuji has dash. <clears throat> it keeps saying dash Leon. I'm assuming that has to be Dash Lion. Oh yeah. So Dash Lion is supposed to be like a Sphinxy lion thing, I think. Like it has like sort of an Egyptian vibe. I oh, think yeah, it's actually it's definitely wearing like a an Egyptian headdress. Um, and then so O Pink's machine is called Moa Loader. And um I had to look up what this thing was supposed to be. Because what they say is that it is modeled after the Easter Island statues. And what it is actually modeled after is a Dalek.
0: It is very Dalek-y. It's a little yeah, square it's, it's like a square Dalek. It's
1: like a thing, and there's like a cannon coming out of the top of it. Now, at I am looking at it in profile, and it, I mean, vaguely maybe could be, but really what it looks
0: like is a giant robot foot with a cannon on a knee. Yeah, I was gonna say, this looks less like an Easter Island statue and more like what would happen if you tried to make a robot leg that was also a turret kind of look like an Easter Island statue. Yeah, now- Like, it's got sort of like a big uh... chunk in the middle that might look like that nose, but like, it's kind of- Blended into where the foot part of it would come out, so it doesn't even really look like that
1: yeah it's it's not a i mean it's a it's a stretch now what it is fun is that the moA loader does not have apparently any like propulsion of its own despite the fact that it has a bunch of wheels at its base, and it has to be like dragged into battle by dash lion
0: yeah, so there's so, like
1: just a giant set of chains connecting these two
0: so it kind of looks like this giant like Super robot chariot where like a yeah, huge robot cool. lion is just dragging this thing around. It's really good. It's <laughs> it's quite good, Dave. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty friggin' cool. Um and so they go into like they just like charge out and are ready to fight. The other yeah. three at this point, show up at the headquarters, and they're like, oh my gosh, they're leaving with their giant robots. Ours aren't ready, and, like, they, like they are not close enough to being ready that we can make the final preparations without the chief. Right, like, what are we going to do? And Goro basically just says, listen, um,
1: they've got it. Like, they're cool. Like they yeah. will, they will be okay.
0: Which I really like Toro to do... having uh, confidence in his teammates.
1: Yeah, he's like, "What we need to do is go and find the chief. Like that is that's where we need to put our priorities."
0: And so they head out um, to go find the chief. Um, the Dash Lion and Moa Loader go into battle. They're shooting off a bunch of rockets. Um, they're getting into a fight with this Bara Separate. Uh it's not actually going super well despite Goro's confidence. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um
0: well I mean I don't know. Like it's not going poorly,
1: and I think like, you know, for a first outing, it's actually like fairly impressive. Um
0: you know, they're not they're not losing definitely, so that's cool. But it's definitely tenuous enough that we can end this episode on a cliffhanger. Speaking of right. cliffs, so uh, we
1: go back to, nice
0: transition, Matt. Thank you, So thank you. we
1: go back, and uh, Barra Psychic, they say the names just in case, like, so they've said like Dash Lion and Moa Loader, they have said those words like six or seven times in the last two minutes, Well, just need, in case you need gonna, to know what toy to go buy.
0: I was going to say, when you go to the store, you need to know what to look for. <laughs> right.
1: So Barra Psychic says their names one more, or I'm sorry, Chief Muir is like, oh, Dash Lion and Moa Loader, like, they did it. And Bara Psychic says, like, all right, well, I'm not going to let you finish the last three. Like, I will get this information out of you. So he uses telekinesis on his own psychic host. I'm not sure. Like, he starts throwing Miku around using
0: telekinesis. Um, she She flips out. Yeah, she's um, calling for help. She's sort of being like dangled in midair and like dragged around. It's not yeah. a good day for Mira. For me, no, it is not.
1: And then the last scene that we see is um, Emperor Bakars Wrath and uh, compatriots just sort of enjoying the suffering of the humans. Like ah ha 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 ha, these foolish humans are so terrible. Um, and then that's then it's to be continued. We actually don't get the ending of this of this episode.
0: Yeah, we I mean, um, we get the ending of the
1: episode. We don't get an ending of the, of the sure, story. Sure.
0: Um, so there's no creature royale this week because no monsters say, have so been they blown out defeated him. So, but Dave, how excited are you to finally see these giant robots? I'm so so excited. I really like. I was curious as to like how they were going to do the theme because the theme
1: is I was when we were when we saw them to first do the Choriki like transformation they were all like buildings. There was like a pyramid and a Greek temple and some other stuff. And I was like, so I'm not really sure like what what your monster or your giant robot theme is going to be. And it turns out the theme is is basically just buildings again. Like there's a Sphinx and an Easter Island. Well, it's not a building, but an Easter Island statue. Which well, is I, pretty I th- great.
0: Yeah, I think that it is partially like buildings. And I think, because it's not all going to be that way. I think that what it is more like is that they are like, mythical figures associated with the cultures that you think of when you think of that building. So, like, right. you got the pyramid. Actually, no, the pyramid, I think, was a different thing. But, you know, like, you have, like, the the giant Sphinx thing that's, like, a big lion. But then we're also going to get, like, a bird and a bull and that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. You know, I just... Uh, it's an interesting theme. It's a cool one. I think
0: it's a neat idea. So... Looking forward uh, yeah, to seeing two them all come together in a little bit. Uh but I mean we could we could sort of keep stalling, but otherwise, this is the end of our episode. Yeah, that's it, man. It was a good episode. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing the end of it. Very exciting, very exciting. Um, but that is for next week. For now, that is going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes O Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at Super at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Bros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it else is that you find the show. Uh, that's what's going to help new people find it, and we would appreciate it. Uh, makes us feel good about doing this when we see yep. those. Love it. That's all. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty pretty obvious statement, but it's a true one, and I want to reiterate it every once in a while. <laughs> Uh, another true fact is that the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do so at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.